Hey guys, it's Billy Kid. This is episode 006 of the Billy Kid Man Up podcast. Found out some sad news. Ed King, legendary guitarist for Leonard Skinner, passed away at the age of 68. A good friend of his, Tim Burchett, you may have heard of him. Tim lived in Nashville. They were good, good friends. And I got Tim on the phone to reminisce a little bit about legendary Leonard Skinner guitarist Ed King. Tim Burchett. Yo. Billy Kid. Hey, Billy. What's up, buddy? Hey, buddy, you got a second? You got it. Well, sad news found out uh, earlier today that uh, our buddy Ed King passed away. Yeah, I heard about that. That was terrible news, actually. I hate that. Yeah, seemed like he was doing great. He looked good. You see, you know, he's always on Facebook and had a lot of things going on, but uh, that cancer's been bugging him for a long time. You guys were big friends when you were down in Nashville, right? Yeah, we hung out quite a bit. We, um, I went, I remember called me one day and said he was having a garage sale and I went over there and it was just it was crazy he had all kinds of cool stuff old Skinner stuff he was just you know just mostly stuff from concert concert t-shirts and he had girls drawers that were Leonard Skinner and I should have bought everything he had and just put it on it held it for a couple of years and put it on eBay now I could probably retire off of it, but it was- exactly those I assume those drawers were washed I would assume they were. Okay, let's hope so. Uh, how did you get to know him? I mean, how did you get hooked up with him? Just because you were such uh, a famous guy? Yeah, my my landlord uh, over there was a was actually a rigger for him. His name's Brian Mabry. He's still alive. He talks talk every couple of days. He um he was a a rigger for Skinner back in the days, and um <clears throat> and he was and he knew all the original members. Of course, Ed was one of the original members. He was originally with um. Strawberry Alarm Clock, and they had that song Incense and Peppermint. I think Ed co-wrote it, and then um, they shorted him on it, and then uh, a few years back, they settled up with him, and he had a pretty big windfall off that song, but he um, he was a roadie for him, and he, he, and, and Brian lived with the um, um, with old bass player, the guy that wore the big top hat. Leon Wilkerson. Leon. Leon was his buddy, and um, and Brian had um, was going to another um, was going to another concert, or they're going somewhere else. And he he wasn't on the plane when um, when the plane went down. But um, you know, he was back in Jacksonville, I remember. And Ed had already left Skinner by then. And uh, and but man, we we go out and eat and have a big time. I can remember going over to his house. He had two houses. He was selling one, and he bought another one. And um, and Ed asked Brian and I to look. There was a big storm had rolled through Nashville. We went over there, and uh, we checked it out, you know, because the power was out. And um, and Ed asked me, he said, what are you doing? And I, so I started giving him lines off of Down South Juke. And and, um, and then uh, he goes, put Brian on the phone. I said, okay. <laughs> and he goes, he, he goes, y'all got three women over there? And he, and he goes, no, you idiot. That's from Down South Juke. And, and he goes, and he goes, put Tim back on. He said, I knew that. He said, just don't tell anybody. I didn't know it. Okay. And I uh. said, don't worry. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, I guess. But, you know, we just, he was a good guy. We'd go out and eat dinner with him. And, you know, he was a meat and potatoes kind of guy. He didn't, he wasn't all eating up with the, the, the big celebrity thing. He just lived there in Nashville and suburbs and a really nice house. And he enjoyed smoking his cigars and, and, um, uh, and, he just told great stories about Ronnie Van Zant. 
how he would, you know, you know this, most Skinner people know this, but he never wrote down lyrics. He said they'd be in that hot house or hell house or whatever they called it over there in Jacksonville, and he'd just, he'd, he'd walk around and he'd whisper in, in one of their ears and then they'd play a little music and he was whispering the lyrics of a song and he would just make up songs and that's how he did it. And um, it was just, he said it was kind of magical, really. Nobody does it. Everything now is in a studio, you know, and the lawyers are all involved. But back then, it was just pretty cool, I guess, being in Jacksonville and being the stars that they were. Oh, yeah, and Raw, and they had no idea where that was going to go with them. They were just a little bar band, a bunch of guys that got out and just happened to hit it big. But I, from what I, from what conversations that I had with Ed King, God rest his soul. By the way, in case you just tuned in, he passed away yesterday. Ed King, uh, one of the uh, triple threat guitarists for Leonard Skinner back for the first three albums. Uh, he was a no-nonsense guy. When I talked to him on the phone, I tried to get him to tell those stories, which I'm sure he told you when you're just sitting there face-to-face. But me on the phone and being a radio head here, he's like, I'm not going to tell you. Now, why would I tell you that? And so, I, and <laughs> you know what I mean? He goes, what, what, oh, yeah. what do I, I don't know you nothing, man. Wait for my book to come out. And I, so, yep. and we did, and uh, he's got actually working on it, was working on another one at the time, and I contacted him on Facebook because Ed King's just a guy just like you and me, anybody else. Uh, you can talk to him on Facebook and send him a message just like you would any of your friends. And I said, dude, can I get you on the air? I want to talk about your book. And he's like, no, not until it gets closer to getting, you know, to coming out. And, of course, obviously that's not going to happen now, but – to me, he just seemed like a real straight up guy. It was just, you know, no nonsense. We didn't have all that, uh, didn't have all that baggage of being a big rock star. He was just a dude, just like anybody else. Yeah, well, it was funny at his garage sale. You say that, but I remember at his garage sale, um, the word got out that he, there was, this rock star was having this um, this this garage sale. And, um, and he was standing out there, and he, I remember he had these, like, Hawaiian shirt on, you know, and he sort of had that mullet going, I guess, and he was smoking his cigar. And, and somebody pulled up and said, said they, they'd heard it was a rock star, and they said, hey, is, there a, is this a rock star's garage sale? And he looked over at the guy and goes, yeah. And he just turned around and walked off, you know, because <laughs> he didn't know who he was or nothing. Was just, he, he just didn't put up with it, and he – he just was a good guy, man. I mean, he was really a, a very decent guy. I brought him down on the Senate floor one time, and uh, when I was at the state Senate in Nashville, and and he, um, I mean, they literally they treated him like royalty. When I told everybody who he was, because you know Ronnie Van Zant's all who you really think of when you think of the old Leonard, the real Leonard Skinner, as I as we called it, and um, you know it's just a shame they couldn't have all gotten back together, the ones the survivors, and and, and made all that work for a while but i guess egos and everything else got in the way but he uh he was a good guy i'll miss him he, i've got autographed stuff on my wall i was going to post some pictures they gave me a, one of their platinum records because i'd helped one of them or something and ed autographed a picture for me and stuff and it was just pretty cool just cool stuff and he was a he was a very decent guy i believe his wife's name's sharon i we didn't we i was i was more enamored with ed than i was with her right but, uh, he was just, she was super sweet and quiet and just, you know, and she helped. I, I think she probably handled his fan club stuff. But um, when I brought him on the Senate floor, I I, um, I remember I told him, I said, it's just, I said, he's the one that counts off one, two, three. And I said, ding, 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 ding. and of course, everybody knew it was Sweet Home Alabama. And 
you know, and he had an old tour jacket he was wearing, and it was just cool. It was just really cool. It's almost surreal when I look back on it because I hear the songs on the radio, and I and I actually know the people who are playing those classic songs. So, you know, as I said, I can't tell you how cool it was because it was just, I mean, being from Knoxville, Tennessee, and hanging out with, of course, you know, I met Artemis Powell and all those other guys too, but um, but Ed, Ed told some great stories. I, you got time for one more story? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, Ed was telling me, you know, when Ed was with Strawberry Alarm Clock, he was like 15 or 16 years old. He was like a prodigy or something. And he, um, I think at about that age, and then they, um, Leonard Skinner opened for Strawberry Alarm Clock, which most people you don't know know who Strawberry Alarm Clock is. But anyway, so he said that they, um, uh, they needed a guitar. I can't remember the whole story. But anyway, he started touring with them. And, um, you know, he was in his motel room, and uh, and Ronnie walks by with this rather large um, uh, lady going back to her room, you know, I guess some groupie or something, probably, you know, wanting to sign, autograph something. Anyway, he hears this cussing, and then he hears an explosion, and this dude's running down the hall, and um, and it was a, he, this girl he picked up turned out to be a guy and ronnie van zant took took the guy's head and rammed it into a uh, television and the television exploded and it caught the guy's afro on fire but it was a fake afro and he's running down the hall chasing this dude who had tricked him and thought he was a girl and um and of course ed said he was like 17 he was just he was almost horrified by it because he was just a kid you know and um and so, I mean, he'd just, tell me, you know, he'd just tell these crazy stories one after the other. I mean, something would bring it up, you know, like you're sitting there with an old war veteran. And he'd say, yeah, oh, and he told me the MCA story. I mean, that's a true story, you know, the song, Working for MCA. I mean, they were they were playing it like at a, a what they call a showcase. And that's where all the bands get there and play two or three songs. And then I've seen several of them in country music. And, you know, and all the, the big Big shot record labels are there, and um, and they just sort of did that to, for MCA just to kind of tell them that they were they didn't give a rip. They were they were Leonard Skinner, and they and they were a big time. They were going to be a big time, and M- MCA signed them apparently right after they heard them sing that song, which was kind of cocky, really. But it was it's a it's a it's a good song, and I mean, it, and it tells the story. It was sort of self fulfilled prophecy for them. Absolutely. So, uh, well, the Skinner, yeah. and I've seen him many times as you have too. And uh, that 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 was the song that they always started the show with, working for MCA. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. But uh, you know, I just I hate that he's gone. But man, what a what a legacy, man! I'm telling you, you don't even. I mean, if you ask somebody what the first three words of Leonard Skinner was, and it's not big wheels keep, it's turn it up. <laughs> oh, uh, no. or one two three but yeah gotta, one two three if, you, if they don't cut it off you gotta love sure. that man you gotta love that you've got to meet a lot of a lot of cool people down through the years but that's got to be one of them right there and to be able to hear those stories i i would have loved to have had you know a couple hours just to hang out with ed king but um he's got a book coming out here and a whole lot more stories will be told now and i would say there's probably some stuff that are kept in the archives that he might have even told his wife or his uh handlers there or whatever agents that you know if i die before this comes out go ahead and turn this stuff loose too and pull out you know pull out some of the really deep dark stuff right there because 
at this point, it's like, who cares? I'll just go ahead yeah. and let, let them know about it. You know there's a whole <laughs> lot more to this story. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I'm sure there was lost in, lost to brain cells that are that are long gone because those guys, they they partied pretty hard back in the day. And they, you they, think? You know, they went, yeah, they went out on top, though. I mean, there's no question. They were at the peak. And um, and he, he did tell me this. I'm, I'm talking too long. I know you got to do other things. But he told me that uh, that he sort of felt like Ronnie, at, he, he'd left the band, but Ronnie was, was thinking about going more towards the country thing. He had a, apparently had a, he, he really liked Merle Haggard. And he was talking about maybe doing something along those lines, just going out on a solo tour for a while. And, um, and of course, he never the, the plane crashed, and he never did it. But I, I just thought, man, what 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 would have been? What would have been? Well, anyway. a lot of people wanted to do that, Tim, and and the, that was the thing too. I mean, once they once you kind of run your course with your genre, your style of music, whatever, then the next logical thing is to go. Well, country songs are easy to write. You know, you tell yep. a story, pretty easy to write. You know, whatever, whatever you want to talk about that's going on in your personal life, just kind of like any kind of story that you're telling, that anybody tells. And so it, that that was the next natural progression for them. And you know that uh, Ronnie tried to, he, he tried to do that. Johnny tried to do that with his brother. Um, Donnie, they tried to do Van Zant, tried to do country thing right there. Skinner even thought of, they, they uh, tempted that a little bit, but it just really didn't work. I mean, you can't really leave your, you know, you, you you can't be a rock star and then all of a sudden be a country star because you're not going to yeah. be accepted on either side of the fence at that point, in my opinion. Ask Stephen Perry, I guess, from Aerosmith or whatever his name is. Well, you know, funny you uh, should bring that up because I was thinking when you talk about Skinner because Skinner, you know, with the, all that happened with the plane crash and all that and they broke up, you thought it would never be again. And then, look, they're still now. In fact, this is their last year. This is their final final tour um of it forever they say that they're done after this they're playing a show in nashville with bad company on october 26th and that's going to be their last tennessee show of all time and uh but look at aerosmith too i mean those guys they were right on the brink of death and then they're still kicking it they were on the mtv music awards the other night i mean they weren't even up for an award so you gotta have you gotta have something uh some credibility to be able to still be a part of that with the drakes and the whoever else is of the world yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't step out of the electric chair to hear any of this new music out. I'm not a big fan of any of it. That's why I like it. <laughs> I'm I mean, with you, Sam. They, they, Drake, you don't mean any. And they're like Drake. You know, they used to make like cakes or something. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't. I hear these young. I mean, I've become my father, but you know, talking about Roy Acuff or Hank Williams Senior. But I, I hear this new stuff, and I'm just like, what in the world? And I always tell, I always kid with them. I say, well, I'll catch them when they're singing at the Ramada Inn or something. Because they're, you know, they're a fleet, they're a flash in the pan, brother. And I just, <laughs> when when they're opening it up for somebody at the Village Barn out on Nashville Highway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, they, they used to be somebody. Like, well, there ain't nobody anymore. <laughs> <laughs> talking with Tim Burchett, brother. I sure appreciate talking to you. Let's get out and ride sometime, and I'll tell you what I'll do just for you. I'll play me some Skinner, brother. At, at Thank you. All right. Good luck to you, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Billy. See you, bye. Knoxville's very own one-of-a-kind Tim Burchett right there. Thanks for listening to this podcast and tune back in here to WIMZ.com and check in for more podcasts. Thanks for listening.